If you like high school nostalgia, appropriately timed Green Day covers, and clumsy attempts at closure, then this episode of Riverdale is for you. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. This week, we're talking about the graduation episode of Riverdale. And to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. The gang is preparing to graduate. That is, everyone except Archie, who is told by Principal Weatherby that he is going to have to repeat his entire senior year to earn his diploma. Inspired by a photo of Riverdale students going off to fight in World War II in the school time capsule, Archie decides to enlist in the army instead. Meanwhile, FP recognizes that Jellybean the auteur needs professional help and decides to move the two of them to Ohio, far, far away from the corruption of Riverdale and from the show entirely. We'll miss skeet. Tom Keller is reinstated as sheriff and Penelope Blossom comes out of hiding to turn herself in for her many crimes. Speaking of Blossom, Cheryl decides to end things with Tony and forego college in order to work on her Blossom family redemption project. If that's not enough heartbreak for you, Betty comes clean with Jughead about her kiss with Archie, and their relationship comes to an abrupt end via a voiceover and a montage. Despite the love triangle drama, Veronica, Betty, and Jughead come together to give Archie an emotional send-off. Archie makes the gang promise to meet up every year at Pops so they stay in touch, but then we get a glimpse into the future and see that Jughead is the only one to honor the vow and return to Pops a year later. And not only that, but Jughead's voiceover tells us that none of them have spoken for six years, which is depressing as fuck. I think we're all ready for a fresh start. All right, Lisa. So this week is, as we mentioned, the graduation episode of Riverdale. It made me think about my high school graduation a little bit. What about you? Um, I got to be honest, I hate graduations of any kind. I think they're incredibly dull. I don't even want to go to my own and like to have to go to anybody else's is just... They are super boring. The worst thing you could ask of me. The speeches are so long and unnecessary. Mine was out on the football field. I don't know if yours was indoors or outdoors. Mine was outside. It was hot. I got sunburned, but only half my face because my graduation cap kind of blocked the sun from one side. So I had this like weird diagonal sunburn going on. Mine was outside too. It was in the courtyard of our high school, which wasn't huge, but we managed to fit the entire graduating class plus guests. How many people were in your graduating class? I I, I wish I could say I remember. Ballpark? (laughs) Oh my god, I something. didn't realize. Yeah. My, I had like 400 people in my graduating class. It could have been up there. I really, no, maybe <laughs> in, a in a courtyard? But that's what I'm saying. Like, the courtyard was, you didn't realize how big it was until you had people in it. And like, it was the only time I'd ever been in the courtyard. Mm. And I think it was literally after that year, they decided to use Hofstra. Oh. Or one of the colleges as yeah. where then we could do our... Then you must have had a larger graduating class if you had to go to a different campus to hold it. Well, we we did, but like it was after that. And then just air conditioning purposes because it was literally the end of June. Yeah. My sister's graduation, it rained and oh, they had no. to have it in the gym. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Well, if you're going to go high school, you're going to do the gym. Honestly, I'm so glad. I didn't I didn't get to go. I got an out for that one because they only allowed a certain number of people to go since they only had a certain oh, amount I love of people that. that could fit in the gym. So I was supposed to go and I didn't have to go. It was wonderful um, because as I said, I hate graduations, but it was probably miserable. I think that's what I heard, that it was miserable, and that somebody, one of the, like, the superintendent or whatever, had a really, really long speech, like, unnecessarily long. 
And it's like, why am I here? Yeah. Yep. I mean, just I, record it and send it to me. Exactly. At this point. I asked myself that question every time I was at a graduation. Like, why do I need to be here? Ugh. And I kind of asked myself that question when I was watching this episode of Riverdale because I was kind of bored, I would say, for about the first half hour of the show. All the graduation prep and... It seemed too the, normal for this show. It also seemed very cliched. Like, everything was very, very cliched. I don't even know if I remember the last day of my senior year like like it, it was such a big thing for them they were like oh we're opening a time capsule and we're all watching the clock in the last class of the day like I honestly don't remember doing any of that it was nice though to see for them at least them being in a classroom uh, well yes <laughs> but like normalcy to a degree like oh we're it, it seemed like a very nostalgic like I said in the beginning a nostalgic last day of high school and just them coming together with no drama and weird discoveries and investigations to do. I, I have to admit, so when they brought the time capsule out, I was like, oh, there's going to be something in here. Yes. There's going to be some yes. kind of drama and I can't wait to see. And then they're like pulling out thing after thing and like it's super normal. And, and by the time they finished, I was like, oh, okay, I'm really bored now because I kind of thought this would happen in the real world. Yeah, something was going to come out of there that was going to be very exciting. But that did not happen. This episode for me had, I don't want to say it was underwhelming, but it, it was very normal. It was a normal scenario for them. And it's not what we're used to. So to to dive into it and to really get into um, the gist, I feel like, where do we start? Before we get to the story that has the most substance, I think we have to, as the show tried to do, try to wrap up the auteur storyline. Because, and I, I didn't even include this in the 60 second summary because it was such a blip and it really didn't seem to matter. The kids that were sleeping under the boxing ring at Archie's gym. That looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, okay, I feel like that's not what I was focusing on. No, that was the but... first thing I did. I noticed and I was like, they are cramped under there. What is going on? I don't, I don't know why they decided to give us closure on this storyline that we really didn't need because nothing happens from it. They just, like, why? Why did they show There this? was no conclusion to that because they showed it to us and what I felt, it was very sped up. Like, we went from Jughead is very upset. He feels like he's responsible for Jellybean being the auteur. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The writers were the only people to blame for that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then... You know, it goes right into literally a split second later, Jughead and FP knocking on Archie's door and is like, we need you to open your gym. Okay, great. Next scene, Hiram. <laughs> they suddenly picked up Tom Keller. <laughs> All of a sudden, hey, Tom Keller, we need you to reinstate him as sheriff ASAP. No description, no reason, no nothing. And then all of a sudden they show up and these kids are sleeping under a freaking boxing ring. And I found it very quick i mean literally snapped your fingers and that whole the whole chain of scenes happened i don't know why they included it like that's my thing riverdale has left so many loose ends over the seasons and i don't know why this couldn't have been one of them because i personally didn't feel like i needed this closure i had we got of, it last week. i had already closed the book on jellybean being the auteur i didn't honestly care about her accomplices in the matter and i didn't really care i knew fp was going to be leaving i didn't really need to see 
um, Hiram reinstate Tom Keller as the sheriff. Like, I, I honestly don't care. Which we didn't even see. It was just literally them knocking on his door and saying, you need to do it. And right. Why did they wake him up in the middle of the night for that? And why did they have to do it before they went to the boxing gym? Like, why couldn't have FP just continued to be the sheriff until he left? Like, why did they need him to step in Because he had a knock night? on the door in the serpent's jacket. It was too quick. There was no need for it. We don't even know the repercussions that these kids got. No, as far as we know, they didn't get any. Jellybean's not getting any. They're just moving to a different state to get her therapy or some kind of help, which is great because I do think she needs it. It's great, but also Alice was going to volunteer it for here. Right, and I do question why FP wants to bring Jellybean to live with Gladys, who, you know, if left we, her. If we recall, had to leave town because she was trying to resurrect the drug business in Riverdale and is responsible, at least like partially, for the deaths of several people. So, not perhaps the most stable role model for Jellybean as she's going through some traumatic stuff. Well, Alice does say, oh, yeah, well, she should be with her mother mm-hmm. at this time. Right. And he goes, and her father. Right. So I think, okay, maybe they're trying to make a family unit to try to, you know, make her more adjust. You know, like just yeah, better, just, well-rounded. Just feel like that never quite works if the parents aren't, in, you know, <laughs> uh, getting along well enough or, you know, like. But again, we haven't heard from, from their Gladys mom. And, yeah, like, we haven't heard two years from. Or two seasons. So we don't know what's happening. Yeah, we, we certainly don't. And, you know, to think that she has gone straight at this point, I question because she wasn't able to do that uh, the last time she went MIA. So I, you know, I just don't think that's the best situation for them. But FP slash Skeet, we're getting out of here. So they needed to do something to get rid of him, I suppose. They left it open-ended, which makes me feel a little better. And I think that's why I wasn't as upset as I thought I was going to be because I watched the goodbye and it wasn't as emotional as I thought. Yeah. I was afraid I'd be bawling because it's like when he was there, I've loved him since Scream. I've been there from the craft. I- I've even his failing show. Um, On Quibi? Did you watch that? No, I didn't watch the Quibi show. Oh. He had a show. I guess I don't prior- know if the show failed, but the platform failed. <laughs> of course. I should have done my research and figuring out... Um, or remembering what the name of the show was. But there was a show a few years back that I bought on DVD. It was one season. DVD? Yeah, I bought the box set of the Sweet one season that it was Jesus. on. And um, he was on that. And I was I, anything he was on, Jericho, stuff like I was obsessed with him because I felt like he was, he needed the fan base. And I was that he fan base. He needed the fan base? <laughs> he needed the fan base. I am the fan base. Just stay relevant. Um, and then, so to see him come into Riverdale and then now leave me, I'm very upset. I'm actually, well, going back to what you said about how the goodbye scene was really not as emotional as you expected, he literally fucks off right after graduation. There's no lag time there. They literally leave graduation and Jelly Bean's in the sidecar. She didn't even say goodbye to anybody. <laughs> That's true. But I mean, we've gotten used to Jelly Bean being sidelined until she's useful. I think this is, you're going to hear this from us as a common theme tonight. Everything felt really rushed. Things had to come to a conclusion. And I don't know if they wrote it this way or if they were forced into this because of COVID. But everything tied up very quickly and not necessarily in a satisfying way. And this was one of those things where I just don't think it got the attention that it deserved. And it was very sloppy 
the way that they were just like, yeah, we're going to move out of state. That makes sense. And also, Jelly Bean's accomplices are in the gym. And, um, oh, yeah, bye. We're leaving after graduation. See ya. It's like, it, it just all happened like bang, bang, bang. And it was like, okay, well. Right, even the I scenes. didn't even get a chance to feel this. <laughs> right, you're, exactly. It was, it was very quick. And again, I think, you know, this was meant to be last season's finale. But even that fact, it shouldn't have been this fast-paced. No. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I can't imagine that... I think they had to do it knowing it was now not a finale and it was... Possibly. Three (laughs) episodes into a new season. Like, they had to figure out a way to wrap it up and then send it off so that next episode we can do what we have to do. I felt this way also about the way that Cheryl and Tony broke up. Because I really felt like that didn't need to happen. Well, they, well, we thought right. they broke up two episodes right. ago. And that's where it should have stayed. Because I don't understand it why, was, it was why they reconciled and acted like things were going to mm-hmm. fix themselves. And then come back to Cheryl being like, oh, this isn't going to work while your family hates me. But her family, Tony's family doesn't actually hate Cheryl. When Tony mentioned, referred to Cheryl as her girlfriend... Her Nana was like, fine. And then later when they were talking about college and Tony said, oh, my Nana wants to know if we're going to be living in the same dorm because she wants to send us care packages. To me, that's not the gesture of a woman who really hates, you know, really your significant hates. other. And then when it's graduation day and Nana's looking into Tony's locker and Tony has just pictures of right. the two of them, she doesn't bat an eye. She that's doesn't give I'm a saying. shit. Like, She's fine. seem fine and then when they're breaking up cheryl's crying and she's like you're you shouldn't have to choose between me and your family it's like i don't think she is at this point it sounds like her family is kind of on the same page right you're you're making a bigger deal yes i i literally wrote in my notes i was like this doesn't need to happen Mm -hmm. and it just felt like it was happening because they wanted it to happen they wanted them to break up before the time jump to explain why their lives go in different directions so like that was another ending where i just felt like I didn't even really feel anything for it because, like, right. this didn't need to happen. This is stupid. Why and, are we doing this? Right. And Cheryl's reasoning, I feel, I mean, how much are you going to fix the Blossom name? I don't think, I, I don't think we're going to get very far. No. And, and honestly, so, I mean, like, I grew up in a family that it was understood once you graduated from high school, you had to go to college. Like, that was just the way that things went in my family. That said, I don't judge anybody for not going to college and for choosing to stay and do something else, to try a career or, you know, get involved in in a different sort of project. But I do have a problem with Cheryl trying to run her family business, having no experience of how to do it whatsoever. Because that's what it sounds like she's doing. She's trying to stay behind to, like, salvage the family business after Penelope killed everybody and put her in charge. Which she wants to, um, you know, turn herself in for. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. I'm, okay. Let me finish All right. my I, I thought that was a good rant. segue. <laughs> let Sorry. me finish my rant. I gotta go back. I just, I think, you know, like, maybe if she was going to enroll in, like, a community college and take some business courses, like, I just, I don't... Do something local. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, like you just... I'm, I'm just imagining myself as a recent high school graduate and what my mentality and what my life was like back then to think of me just taking over a family business, having no fucking clue what I'm doing. I I don't understand that. Like she doesn't even really seem to have a plan other than I need to fix the Blossom family reputation. And 
to to turn down any sort of help that she might have had from relatives who maybe weren't douchebags, but now they're dead, so it doesn't matter. Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't. No, I, I get what you're saying, because piggybacking off of what you said, I was one of those people who did not go to college after high school, and my parents, I was the first, you know, kid of the family, so my parents just didn't know any better or what direction to go in and how things worked and how financial aid worked any of that but at the same time I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do so they kind of ran with that and they're like listen this is what we did after high school just go get it just start making money just start and that's what I did I got a job like two months out of high school and I that's what happened and I just worked my way up in different things and but what you're saying about Cheryl absolutely She's not even going to try to get the education that would support what she wants to do for her right. family she name. Just, she doesn't have the knowledge. There's no, there, like, okay, you can, and I'm putting this in air finger quotes, you can threaten whoever you want. You don't have any backing right. to what you're trying to support. And that's, that's a completely different right. thing. It's like waking up one day and deciding, like, I'm going to run for president. Could you do that? Could you decide not to go to college and throw all your, like, efforts into a campaign and try and be elected to president? Sure. But if you literally don't have any knowledge about politics or any of how campaigning works, donations, like, the stuff that you actually need to do it. And, and from what I've seen from Cheryl, she has no idea. She's never been involved in the family business before. She's like- just obsessed with the name. She's obsessed with Blossom and making sure... The Blossom name is... Then open a donation foundation. Like, like do something else. Do what the like, United States does with everything else. Get, yeah. get out of the Blossom family maple syrup business and get into something more worthwhile. Like, why even try to salvage what's already been, like, ruined? Just, like, sell that shit off mm-hmm. and, and do something else. I, I just, I don't get... I don't get any of what Cheryl did. And I, I do feel like it was just an excuse to kind of set up what's coming in the future and it felt very abrupt and a disservice to the people involved but getting back to what you're saying about penelope mm-hmm. who just literally popped out of the bushes <laughs> literally out of the bushes the thing that struck me the most about that whole conversation was that she told she did tell cheryl that she was going to turn herself in for her many various crimes including like lots of murder and then she said... Only some of them. Yeah, that's true. She did say some of them. So I guess we don't know exactly what she's admitting to, but she did imply that she would be out of jail in time to see Cheryl graduate from college, which, if she graduates on time, is four years. I don't think anything Penelope has done is worth less than at least 20 years in prison. Collectively, no. Collectively, <laughs> individually. If she goes to jail for any murders, she shouldn't be out of prison Right. in four years. There's no way. That really bothered me. Hiram Hiram told you that you'll be taken care of in his prison. That's the only way that she could get out in four years because Hiram's in charge of everything. But I thought he was going to the Cayman Islands. He's retiring. So we heard. He's getting out of here. But, you know, I don't believe that at all. The other thing that I didn't really love was the moment where Veronica gave Pops his diner back and acted like she was being a big fat hero doing it. It's like... It was his diner all along. Yeah. And, like, we're supposed to be like, oh, Veronica, you're so wonderful. Like, 
And that it was Pop's pop, diner. What? Right, like his was name it Veronica's was diner? Right, you had a, a speakeasy. Yeah, in is the Pop's gonna continue to run the uh, speakeasy? Probably not. I don't think he can get the. <laughs> I don't think he can get the clientele. But the lodge is taking over. I mean, that's a big. That's a big relief. That's that's weight off your shoulders. Uh, where I it's like it's... you're literally just serving people food at this point. You don't have to worry about bills and inventory. You know what I mean? Like you're not really dealing with I the feel logistics. Like it, it must be a relief to deal with the logistics versus like the shady characters coming in and out of that place. Like they would have like yeah. I think I think he does have mobsters. A benefit now and... that I think that this graduated class is leaving. Right? Like get out. Like like they gave him more problems. But how than... boring is the town going to be now? That's that's my question. Well, I mean, hopefully. I mean, Jellybean moved. I mean, I don't know. Who's going to spy on the neighbors? I mean, uh, uh, Jughead did allude to some sort of future... Shadiness. Shadiness. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what he said, but apparently that's what brings everybody back together. But before we go there, um, we have to talk about why everybody is apart. And I feel like Archie's a good place to start. Yeah, he took um, precedent over this episode with his decisions, I think. He had the most... The, like, the clearest storyline. Everybody he? else was kind well, of Well, I like, mean, it was, yes, oh. his storyline his story <laughs> was clear. You're so eager to call out his shit, so go ahead, go ahead. What do you have Only to say? Only because I feel like whenever it comes to, whenever we get down to Archie, he annoys the shit out of me. Okay. <laughs> Based on his decision making. Mm-hmm. His basis of his decision making. You know, it's graduation time, and he can't graduate with his graduating class because, let's face it... He didn't go to class. He didn't go to school. He didn't do anything for at least two years. So the fact that he thought that summer school was going to make up for it, hilarious. Yeah, and the fact that um, Molly Ringwald was like, oh, you've been working so hard. I have such a good feeling about this. Yeah, like, are you serious? I haven't seen him working hard. He, You've like, been working so good lately. Yeah, it's like, oh, what, sure. the past two days? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, not enough. Too little, that too late. That was funny. Archiekins. Nope. Yeah. But, um, you know, Mr. Weatherby, he's like, listen, you're going to have to repeat the year. Jughead's in the same position because Jughead then has to find out if he'll graduate because he went to Stonewall for a and semester. And also pretend to be dead for, like, a certain number of weeks. And he gets a pass. Which is fine because he was going to school when he right was he at was still Stonewall. being educated. Yeah, I think the only time period he missed was when, when he, he was, was pretending to be dead. <laughs> so like that's a reasonable amount of time to be able to make up before graduation. Whereas Archie kind of had to make up like an entire year's worth because he just didn't go. to school. I feel like it was way more than that, but they're just you know snipping the it timeline. For time. is weird. Yeah, but um, intertwined with that, you know, the time capsule situation. One of the things in the time capsule was the picture of the four young men who decide to go to the army. And of course, it sparks something in Archie where he feels he needs to do this too. And I think that's where the cliche of, you know, right after high school going into the armed forces is just, it's lost on me, unfortunately, I feel like. I, it's funny. I did this in the last episode too. I'm going to do it again. I don't like to defend Archie or his decisions. I think this was the right call for Archie. I think he needs guidance. I think he needs help. And I think he needs the structure that the military could provide. Yes, you're raising your hand. I am. 
Don, please go ahead. Um, yeah, but didn't we try to get him into the Naval Academy? We did, and he was a total shitbag about not getting into the Navy. But that's part of why I think he really needs it. Because the way he reacted to that situation, the way he reacts to every situation, I feel like the army is not going to take his shit. I think a college, he could just get by doing the same fuckboy nonsense that he's been doing all throughout high school and just charm his way through and not get any actual education or real life skills. I think the army is going to whip this child into shape. I just feel like he he's doing anything to get... I feel like he's an attention seeker. Well, I would agree with you, except he, like, doesn't tell anybody what he's doing until he's already, like, committed to it. I feel like he would make a bigger deal out of things if he was doing it for the attention. I think... Archie is always making decisions that he believes are the correct decisions. He's just really bad at identifying what the correct decisions like should be. I think this was the right decision for him. I think it was just overdramatized for my liking. <laughs> like well, you can make did... that decision, but it's just like he's getting he's on stage at graduation. And he sees there the is cat, no yeah. right, like there's he opens it, there's no diploma inside, which he knew, so like do we have to make it worse? And then like he sees the four guys from the picture. Right, in the audience. Do we have to do we have to do this? By like, the way, I thought I was gonna be really clever tonight. I wrote down all the names of the guys that was on the back of the picture. With the One in- of them sounded very familiar. With the intent to Google to figure out like if there was any significance to them, but there was nothing really that I could find. I'm assuming that there is significance to them, but I just, I don't know what it is. There's one with a G. Yeah, I'll tell you what they were. Hold on, let me get my... That the name just sounded super familiar that I feel like it's in an Archie comic somewhere. Well, that's that's kind of what I thought, but it wasn't showing up in that context. So I I thought maybe they were legitimate World War II veterans. Oh. And maybe like of cast members or anybody on the production crew, like maybe actual people that were known to have participated in the war. But it was Carl Callahan, Walt Wildcat Wright, Ab or A.B. Ackerman, and Gordy Green was the last one. Gordy Green sounds like it's It something. sounds like an Archie comic name, but I tried to Google. I could not find anything relevant, but if anybody knows any more about that then like please email us and let us know i assume that they have some significance otherwise they wouldn't have shown the names and there would be no point in i think they were just picking the alliteration of it all wow how cynical of you i'm sorry But I don't think he took a long time deciding. One of the things that annoyed me this episode was Veronica getting pissed at him for this. She said something to the effect of, I will not indulge this. And I thought that was hilarious because how many of his other harebrained batshit schemes right, this has, is she, the most... has she like facilitated or at least neglected to intervene with? This is one of the more reasonable things that Archie has decided to do. And she's like, no, I won't allow this. She'd rather him be a masked vigilante. Exactly. Are you kidding? This is when you're going to speak up. You're going to choose this moment when he's actually like trying to do something responsible for his future. Okay. And I was glad to see that with him leaving, I think they all came to the conclusion that the kiss between Betty and him, him being Archie, wasn't as big a deal as we thought it was going to be. 
Well, like, yes and no. I mean, it was Betty and Jughead break up. <laughs> they do, but I mean, she tells him and they have sex immediately. I know. Afterwards. I wrote in my notes, I was like, wow, he's taking this a lot better than Veronica did. <laughs> like, Veronica's like, okay, we're done and that's it. And we're, we're going to go our separate ways. And then I thought it, it was, was awkward. It was totally awkward. And that's how I think it would be in real life. They, it fuck, would be. they fucked it out. That's what they did. And that doesn't necessarily. And then they woke up the next day. <laughs> and Jughead was like, "Listen, we need we to gotta, talk. We got to talk later." And then they never did, which is annoying to me. And it became more of a voiceover situation. Yeah, from Jug. I really hated that. That was another example of this episode destroying something that they spent so many seasons building in like thirty seconds, and didn't really even give you a chance to be upset about it. Personally, for me, I was initially drawn to Riverdale. First of all, for the murder mystery, because I'm a big crime kind of person but also for that magnetic relationship between Betty and Jughead that was one of the things that really attracted me to the show in the first place so to see their relationship degrading before my eyes in a matter of moments with not with, with not not a real like for no real reason yeah. Again, and I mentioned this in the last episode, like we know that Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse broke up in real life and that may have had like more or less to do with how they interacted with each other on the show. But it it just felt like such a disservice to the relationship. It reminded me of the season finale of How I Met Your Mother, spoiler alert, where they just like <laughs> kill the mother off in like a matter of like 30 seconds after we've just met her. And it's just like, what? <laughs> we spent yeah. this, all this time building up this relationship and now she's gone and again i know that they were doing it because they wanted them to be separated for the time jump but i don't accept that as an excuse for sloppy writing i get there's a time jump but you had three episodes to kind of work it out yes and i was just about to say that like there was no indication that anything was wrong between them besides betty feeling like she needed to kiss archie in that right there was a lie involved but regardless but we never saw any tension between jughead and betty we did see them they thrive off of their investigation skills right and and but we did see them like separating more and more over the different seasons and like doing their own things and kind of being involved in their own shit but that was never supposed to demonstrate that their relationship was crumbling it was just like we're taking their plots in a different direction but they're still together and everything's fine but they're just not going have a bunch of scenes together they could have done it slowly and more methodically and just to have it all crumble in a matter of moments it was not right right i don't agree with the way they did that I did appreciate, though, like, Jughead's voiceover towards the end, like, how he narrated, you know, this is what's happening with everybody. And that was, it was a little depressing, because I feel like they were really the only inhabitants of Riverdale. And now <laughs> well, it was, based like, on this show, based yes. on the show. And then it's as if everybody left the town but him. Yeah. Betty left to go to Yale. Alice went with her. They road tripped it out, right? And then Archie obviously went to the army, and FP and Jelly Bean went to Ohio. And he narrows it down to where it was like, oh, I had nowhere to go since they left, which was odd to me. Listen, when I first watched the episode live on Wednesday, my initial thought was like, First of all, I was angry at FP. I was like, how could you leave your ch- your child with no money and no resources? He's squatting in a, an abandoned home and now he's living in a bunker. But then the second time that I watched it, 
I realized there was literally no reason for Jughead to be absolutely at not. All. He only left the Coopers' house, which was technically the Joneses' house because they bought it. So it's technically his house, even though it was Betty's first. But they were only road tripping. He, yeah, she he, was coming back. Right. He could have stayed in that house. And if he didn't feel comfortable at first, like, OK, fine. Like maybe then you go live in Archie's abandoned home for a couple of days. But once the so, power goes out and once the uh, hot so water go goes out, bunker? you go back to the Cooper house. Like, why do you need to go to the bunker? Which, again, uh, granted, the bunker was decently resourceful. But but do we know who's do we know the facilities in the bunker? Is there a bathroom down there? Is there a shower? They clearly have electricity, but who is paying for any of that? Yeah, we never got into that. No, and I think the question begs. He literally an went answer. down there as if, oh, this is just full blown amenities. He right should have gone there first, then. Like, why bother living in Archie's house if you have again? You why in the are you squatting in Archie's house? Right when. The you Cooper have an actual home, your home works. Right. And again, Alice isn't leaving. She just was road tripping and is coming back. Exactly. The house isn't being You're sold. You're not alone. Yeah. Like, you can live there. Right. And and I think, I don't know, they tried to make it sound like he was just uncomfortable living there after Betty left. But first of all, he didn't really end the relationship. Like, he, or at least he wasn't at fault if we're going to blame He doesn't the have to stay in that incident. room. Right. And I do feel at a certain point... If you can't take a shower or have working electricity, you know, maybe you just go back to the home that you used to live in with your ex-girlfriend. Don't martyr yourself and go live in the bunker. That's when you said attention seeking about Archie, I my mind immediately jumped to Jughead for this particular For this episode. Yes, you're right. Because it made no sense to me and it just seems like he wanted pity and people to feel bad for him. I feel like he needed to set the scene, but at the same time he could still get that attention by just being alone at the house. Like, right. Yeah. He, you know, like, even the setup for, you know, the future, where it's a year and nobody showed up. He looks a lot cleaner then. He oh, looked yeah. like shit and pops that, that, like, last scene before he leaves for college. And I was like, oh, am yeah. I supposed to feel bad for this idiot at this point? Go take a shower in the Cooper house. <laughs> Did he pay? It looked like he just got up and You left. know what? I'm sure he doesn't because, I mean, where, like, how... He has a running tab that just never... It, you it's... know what? Poor pop pretty large pop date is probably pays the rent <laughs> they make the pact that oh in a year we're gonna go we're gonna meet a pops and everything's gonna be great and he does that but nobody shows up for that which kind of makes sense given where they all went even though betty and jughead left on like reasonably good terms i can see why they may not stay in touch or like why she may not want to see him again i guess um i can understand perhaps why betty and veronica fell out because having been in high school having my boyfriend and my best friend cheat like i kind of get that where i was a lot harder on my friend than i was on my boyfriend because i like we had a friendship we had like an established long-term bond and i expected more from her so i can kind of understand where that friendship might erode and maybe they just don't want to see each other ever again and we have to excuse Archie because I don't necessarily know that he could even guarantee that he would be back in Riverdale on a yearly basis because he's in the army now and he just does whatever and they tell him to. Molly Ringwall moved yeah yeah she she's left. gone yeah which we don't really know like we just know what based based on Jughead squatting in their house right yeah we're we're just left to assume she must have gone back to Chicago to resume her life there but like, like fine okay okay so 
Archie decides to go into the army and you just leave him alone. Like, I know. I done. thought it was weird that she didn't want to see him off to basic training, that, like, Jughead was the one who took him to the bus stop. Like, oh, my God. Like, I could I not... loved him without the beanie, though. <laughs> I really did. I felt... Can I we talk about be... why anybody would want to dig up a time capsule with Jughead's beanie in it, though? Like, No, but there's a lot of other things in there. Yeah, but the beanie, that's what you contribute? Who the hell in the future is going to be like, ooh, a beanie? Like, this is... Well, he, he made his mark washed. on okay. Riverdale. Come on. Well, either way, my mom, you could not, like, keep my mom away if seeing me off to college or doing anything like that. Right, that didn't make sense at all. I think that the scene where they're chasing the bus in the jalopy, I had mixed feelings about it at first. I was like, oh my god, this is so lame. And then as I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, like, I guess I'm, I'm all right with this. This was kind of cute. It was cute. And then I forgot that the jalopy existed prior. Well, so I was kind of like watching it. And I'm like, where the fuck did they get this car from? Like, I was just kind of like, where do they keep Seriously, it? Seriously, you didn't even remember that much? I, listen, there's a lot of this show all I right. block out. All right. Well, I have to say that was the point in the episode at which I felt the most emotion. And I don't necessarily attribute that to the writing or like anything that was going on. But the music at the time, the song that was playing was wonderful. It was powerful and mournful. And I'm just like kind of obsessed with it. So I'm probably going to download it after this episode. (laughs) I cried. I cried. I saw at that scene. I cried. You know what? I cried. Did the- you cry during Archie's acoustic cover of "Time of Their Life" or "Good Riddance"? I guess. Yeah, the- yeah. Time of Our Life. I cried through. I don't want to say throughout. I definitely cried. <laughs> oh my god! I really hope you didn't cry throughout. No, it was a lot of just them just slowly going away and Jughead's by himself and it was just kind of like his narration and I was just kind of like oh my god this is so sad. I felt like the episode wanted to make me feel sad but it honestly all it did was make me feel excited for change because the things that I have loved about Riverdale have been dead or missing for a very long time. And we finally have a chance to resurrect some of the things that made the show so good in the beginning, just kind of like by hitting this reset button and getting rid of a lot of the crap that we've been carrying along with us just because we've accumulated it as we're going. And now we no longer have to pretend that we're in high school and that we have SATs and graduation and prom. We don't have to do that nonsense anymore. Everyone's going to be out of college by the time we check in again, established in their lives, potentially with their careers. We're picking up in a place where like you can finally really start getting into the human quality that were so right they can kind of live normally actually a friend of mine last night we were talking and i was telling her about you know our podcast and stuff like that and she said that lily reinhardt did an an interview with uh stephen colbert i believe it was stephen colbert and then they asked like oh wait so like now you're playing you're going to be playing like your age as opposed to younger and she says i'm actually playing a year or two older than what she is now so it's like Good. right so she goes from playing a high school student that she's nowhere near to at least something near her age this is what i'm looking forward to to them just playing their rightful age and yes, role and not having yes. to like submit to their families like again i've said this a million times i'm so exhausted by the lodge family drama and i'm not saying that I don't that I think that it's just going to completely disappear because I feel like Hiram's one of 
the... I think he's, like, the only ones left. The yeah. Only, yeah. So, I, like, I, it's not that I don't think we'll see him again, but there's just more flexibility there. Like, we don't have to pigeonhole into that same old bullshit. And I'm just so excited to get out of it. So I feel like every time something happened, like, when Cheryl and Tony broke up and when Betty and Jughead broke up, in my head, I'm just like, this kind of sucks, but also it's for the best. Like, everybody's moving on in a way that's good for their characters, that if they were real people, this would be good for their personal growth. Right. So I feel, uh, I don't know if I'm being naive and, like, way too optimistic. I just have such high hopes for the future of Riverdale. Yeah, I mean, I have hopes, I too. hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> I have hopes, too. I mean, I still wanted to have a bit of its corniness there without it being too unrealistic. Like, I wanted to have its its gems. I, I want there to be, like, as Jughead put in his narration, that there is some type of mystery to solve when mm-hmm. they all come back six years later. But like you said, them separating and then having to come back for some reason, I think that's where you get your good TV. Like, yes. they they take a break from the norm of the nonsense and they have to act as sort of new characters because... Right. They're more independent of each other. Right. They have their own lives. They Technically, get... there's a new storyline. We know Veronica's married. Archie's in the army. These things we know or we were told mm-hmm. now, but it's going to be a lot more interesting. You want to follow it. Because you don't know what's happening. Right. Whereas it was so predictable in the past. Right. And everybody was almost stuck in like a cyclical loop of what their character has done before and what they're going to continue to do. It was all very exhausting. And and, predictable. And boring. And, Mm -hmm. And it seemed like they created plots and twists and turns solely to shock you because everything else was so predictable. So I'm hoping that, like, as I said, reset button, we're just starting over. And the bare bones of this show were good. And if we can just get back to that and try building up from there again, I think this show could go back to being its former glory. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun seeing them as adults, though. Yes. I Like I, actual adults playing their age, that kind of adult. Right, like yes. if Veronica wants to own a speakeasy now, like A+. It makes sense. Yes, A+. Go ahead, you get it, girl. Do what you do. But I do think we should talk about the trailer like I don't think we I don't think we've really covered that kind of stuff it was in our minimal. previous episodes but I think this is like huge because we got a glimpse into what we're going to see coming down the pike for the rest of the season one thing I'm worried about with Archie because as I say you know I really have a low tolerance for Archie's bullshit I'm concerned about potential for PTSD for Archie and what that could potentially do because he already kind of had that happen to him like a million times. Like he he was so traumatized even throughout high school with so many different things that happened to him that I think we've already seen PTSD Archie. And to see more of that, I feel like would be kind of disappointing. So I'm hoping that Archie took something valuable from his time in the military and isn't just going to become even more of a loose cannon than he was before because we've we've seen that Archie. Right. That's what I'm scared of most. He seems a little more nonchalant given what we saw. Like he's kind of like, oh, we have a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, well. (laughs) Like he's not... He doesn't seem as determined to figure shit out. He's kind of... No, but he wakes up in that, like, hospital bed, and he's like... The doctor's like, oh, you're going home. He's like, home? I don't even know what home is. And, like, that kind of concerns Mm. me. It reminds me of 
when he came back from Canada after the bear attack. Post-bear attack. There's just so much. Yeah. There's so much. I hope we get a nice, steady walk-in to what it's going to have. Like, I hope we're not slammed immediately next week. I think we're going to be slammed immediately. Really? If if I'm being honest, I think... Well, I think we're just going to be thrust right into their current lives. So we're going to have a lot of, (laughs) I can't believe I was just about to quote Archie. We're going to have a lot of catching up to do with literally all of them. (laughs) The thing that bothered me the most, so Archie's flash forward in the preview made sense. You know, he's in the military, obviously. He's got stuff going on there. Jughead becoming a published author and like being frustrated. He's probably got like writer's block and he's just like as annoying and pretentious as he was before. And then Veronica getting married to a guy named Chadwick, who um, I don't know if you caught How this. How preppy can we get? I don't know if you caught this, but he has a more punchable face than Brett. Oh, so yeah. So I can't wait to see more of that and get really frustrated seeing his face on my screen. But Betty is... We're talking Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Stuck in a, yeah. She literally wanders into a Silence of the Lambs trailer slash set, movie set. We like, need something. What, we need like, something what crazy. What is that about? Because, uh, what, are they just ripping that She's directly? part of the FBI. We need to, she is part of the FBI now. Fine. I'm okay with making that jump. Which is very Silence of the Lambs because well, Clarice is part of the FBI. and Yes, but not only that, but like literal actual scenes from the movie like her right, jogging she's in, in the woods That's she's jogging in the, the woods begins. oh she's stuck in a hole yes. like okay it rubs the lotion, rubs on, the lotion on the skin like very I mean we're not there's there's, there's no many, subtlety there's no subtlety it's literally this is the subtlety too many of the parallels featuring Betty and that's what I don't get like why why such a direct comparison and like she's talking to somebody at some point who's like oh you've experienced some trauma and that's when they show her at the bottom of the pit a la Silence of the Lambs and it's like so did this actually happen to her or does she have nightmares that she's in this movie poor Betty I, I just don't knowing this show it definitely happened in real life it's such a copycat moment that I feel like they almost couldn't do it for copyright reasons. I mean, so many people can be in pits. <laughs> Excuse me? I know, you know, like, I have a... Per- <laughs> I want to say I have a personal situation, but I nervous. don't. What? No. It's metaphorical. Oh, yeah. Right, um, of course. It really is. No, it's a metaphorical pit. But what I'm saying is I get the pit situation. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> A metaphorical pit or... A metaphorical pit. Okay. But I understand pit situations. <laughs> I don't know if we can top that. Like I, We can't. I, I think don't we know how to follow. That. I think we have to end on that. Okay, did you have anything else that we didn't get? It's good to say that Riverdale did get picked up for season six. Yes. Keep us in work. Keep us in work. (laughs) So, you know, based on the time, I mean, they're going to have to give us good shit. Right. Because they have to sustain it now. So that's true. That does make me feel a little bit better. The writing should hopefully be consistent and... But if you have any feedback for us, if you know who the four people who were listed on the back of that photo were, or if you just have other random questions, comments, whatever, you can email us at I hate it, let's watch it at gmail.com. And until then, that's endgame. game.